It's the season of Lent. It's the first Sunday, which means it's Invocavit Sunday. It's a Latin word, which means he shall call upon or call upon. It comes from Psalm 91, the intro it for the day. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I'll be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him and show him my salvation. And that's very true. And that's exactly what we see in our lessons today uh, as we look at temptation. Satan tempted Adam and Eve in the garden, and he again tempted Jesus in the desert wilderness. Our text for our sermon this morning is Genesis chapter 3, uh, verses 1 through 24. Now the serpent was more clever than any wild animal which the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Has God really said, You shall not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees of the garden, but not from the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden. God has said, You shall not eat from it. You shall not touch it, or else you will die. The serpent said to the woman, You certainly will not die. In fact, God knows that the day of you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was appealing to the eyes, and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took some of its fruit and ate. She gave some also to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. The eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for, themselves, for their waists. They heard the voice of the Lord God, who was walking around the garden during the cooler part of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. The Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? The man said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. God said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree from which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit from the tree, and I ate. The Lord God said to the woman, What have you done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the livestock, and more than every wild animal. You shall crawl on your belly, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. I will put hostility between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He will crush your head, and you will crush his heel. To the woman he said, I will greatly increase your pain in childbearing. With painful labor I will, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, but he will rule over you. To Adam he said, Because you listened to your wife's voice and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you shall not eat from it. The soil is cursed on account of you. You will eat from it with painful labor all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles will spring up from the ground for you, but you will eat the crops of the field. By the sweat of your face you will eat bread until you return to the soil. For out of it you are taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. The man named his wife Eve because she would be the mother of all the living. The Lord God made clothing of animal skins for Adam and for his wife and clothed them. The Lord God said, Look, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. So so that he does not reach out his hand and also take from the tree of life and eat and live forever, the Lord God sent him out from the garden of Eden to work the soil from which he had been taken. So he drove the man out, and in front of the garden of Eden, he stationed cherubim and a flaming sword, which turn in every direction to guard the way to the tree of life. We pray. These are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us through them. Amen. 
You will not certainly die. That sounds good. Until you realize who said it. It comes from the devil. It was his second temptation. And that's really what the devil does. The devil is deceptive and a liar. He tells half-truths. And he misleads us away from the truth into temptation. He wants us to make, make us believe that we are alone. The first temptation he lobbied against the only other creature with free will was to question the clarity of God's word. Has God really said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? In fact, God hadn't said that. But the devil had already started to plant the seed of doubt to get Adam and Eve to believe their own feeling rather than God's word. And then he follows it up with this half-truth, you certainly will not die. And then with the most enticing half-truth of all. In fact, God knows that the day of you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. It was half-true because Adam and Eve hadn't known evil. For up to that point, they'd only known good. God had dwelt with them in perfection in holy paradise. There was no evil. The devil used three temptations, food, life, and power, and soon Adam and Eve fell for it. They both ate from the tree, uh, the only tree which God had told them to not eat from, the tree of knowledge, thinking that they could be like God in power and live forever. Because of this, someone had to die. That was God's law. Eat of this tree and you will surely die. And immediately they did die, spiritually. They lost the perfect communion with God. That's what spiritual death is, to be separated from God. By their sin, by their own fault, they were dead, lost even as they dwelt in the midst of the garden God had given them. And when God came again and, and to walk with them and talk with them as he'd done so many times before, now for the first time, Adam and Eve are scared. They feel guilt. They know sin. And their first reaction, after casting the blame, is to make fig leaf coverings, to hide their shame. But it's not enough. Even as they were surrounded by the paradise God had given to them, they were in a wilderness of suffering. They could never do enough to make it good again. And that's the wilderness that you and I walk in. Because you and I are sons and daughters of Adam. We don't inherit the image of God. We inherit the image of Adam. We inherit spiritual death. Adam and Eve could not put the fruit back. They could not undo their action. They could not regain what had been lost. And neither would any descendant born in the image of Adam. We are dead in our trespasses and sins. And because we are dead, we can't do anything to save ourselves and make things good again. 
Because of their sin, Adam and Eve and all after them would also die physically. God tells them, For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. They would even witness one of their own children at the hands of the other die, simply because the world now knew evil. They died spiritually, and they would die physically. But there was one death which they would not know, the most evil death of all, eternal death. Because God, who is perfectly just, is also perfect love. And in love, he did not want his children to die eternally. He could not let his children die forever. God wants to be with his children. But in order for that to happen, someone had to die. God had to keep his word. The law had to be fulfilled. And so, the Lord God said to the serpent, I will put hostility between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He will crush your head, and you will crush his heel. Adam and Eve would not certainly die. God would use the same means that the devil used and use it against him. The devil used the fruit of a tree and a woman. God would use the seed of a woman on a tree. The devil wanted to be head over man. God would make himself into man and crush the devil's head. The devil tempted Adam to give into his passion by the fruit and give him death. God, by the passion of Jesus, would allow all men to share in the fruit of life. God, the Father of all creation, would send his son Jesus, the Messiah, the seed of the woman, the Word made flesh. Jesus would keep the law for them and for us. And Jesus, although innocent, would suffer the law's sentence. He died in their place and in ours. Adam and Eve even began to understand what God would do for them and their new relationship to God with him through Jesus, and even now in the garden. Adam and Eve had tried to make fig leaf coverings for themselves, which covered only their waist. So God takes an animal right there in the garden, and he clothes them with it. What they had failed with their fig leaves to cover, God covers. But that covering required death. It was the first sacrifice, the innocent for the guilty. That animal died, so they would not. It provided them a real physical benefit. It did what they could not and enabled them to survive in a harsh environment. And more importantly, it died to proclaim the Lord's death who was to come. Jesus, the seed of the woman, would cover the world with his blood. Jesus, after his baptism, as we heard in our gospel lesson, goes into the wilderness. And he goes bearing the guilt of all, carrying the sins of the entire earth. But he doesn't even allow the angels to minister to him. Jesus suffers in the wilderness alone. The only one that goes to him is the devil. 
And there the devil tries to tempt Jesus with the same temptation to use on Adam and Eve, food, life, and power. And Jesus, although weak and faint, goes patient on. He does what Adam failed to do. In the perfect garden, Adam exalted himself to be a God in place of God. But in the sin-cursed desert wilderness, God humbles himself to become the man in place of man. He fasts so we may feast eternally. And let remind us of this, that we are not yet out of the wilderness. The life of God's children is not easy. Christians are not granted any kind of special immunities from diseases, no exemptions from suffering, no special passes that allow us to go around the wilderness. We are living in it. Trials, temptations, and testing will come your way. That's certain. You can expect them. You are baptized, after all. Look at all the troubles that Jesus' baptism caused him. But God, through baptism, also gives us what we need to survive in this, in this harsh environment. Jesus was driven into the wilderness to do battle alone. We are driven in the, into the wilderness, just as Adam and Eve were. But the difference is, Jesus is already there. He battles the devil and our temptations with us and for us, and because he's already won the war. St. Paul assures us that we are not alone in this wilderness battle. If God is for us, who can be against us, he writes. Because Jesus separated himself from the Father on the cross, there is nothing in this world that can separate you from God. Nothing. Not trouble, not hardship, not persecution, not famine, not nakedness or danger or sword, not school shootings, not cancer, not clogged arteries or dementia, not angels or demons or the present or the future, nothing in the heights or the depths, not even the worst of your sins, not the weakness of your temptations or the guilt of your past, not even death itself can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. In fact, God uses even death to bring life. The devil wanted death to come to all through something alive. God wants life to come to all through the death of his son. God made sure that Adam and Eve wouldn't live forever separated from him in the wilderness full of suffering. So he drove the man out, and in front of the Garden of Eden he stationed cherubim and a flaming sword, which turned in every direction to guard the way to the tree of life. Had Adam and Eve eaten from the tree of life, now they would have lived forever, but separated from God in their sin and in a wilderness of suffering. But God doesn't want to be separated from his children. He wants to be with us. And so he, even in his, in his grace, uses even the most terrible of all things we face on earth, death, to be the thing that brings us to him. Death, although it may feel like a flaming sword, is the gate of heaven.
It is our entering a greater paradise than even Eden. The devil can harm you none. He's judged the deed is done. The world can take everything from you, goods, fame, child, or wife. They yet have nothing won. You own everything. You have paradise. You have a greater paradise than Eden ever was. You have heaven, the communion of the saints, all those who have died before you, redeemed by the seed of the woman, waiting for you. And God himself, through his word of power, his water of life, and the fruit of the sacrament, is with you even now. So with Jesus fighting for you and with you, go into battle against the devil. Rebuke his lies. Stand up against his temptations. Jesus has already battled in the wilderness for you and won. You will not die, but live. Jesus' victory is yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, forevermore. Amen.